2: Yes, indeed, it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on a free-for-all Friday edition of The Authority. It is the 18th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. The president was firing on all cylinders last night from Dallas. Uh we'll get into some of that in just a bit. Mick Mulvaney was taking fire from all uh all corners and all angles at a White House press conference yesterday. We are definitely gonna have to get into that. And uh the great sage from South Central, the sage of South Central, Larry Elder, will be joining us at the top of our number two. So you got a lot of really good stuff to get into today. Now, as it is a free-for-all Friday, you know you don't have to limit yourself to those topics. Those are the biggest ones on my mind this morning, and I will tell you why as we go. So, but on Free For All Friday, if you've got a pet project, if you've got a candidate, if you've got an issue, if you've got a story, or if you've just got comments on stories that we have already discussed this week, um, bring it on. That's what we're here for. No uh, topics will be silenced. Anything you want to talk about is fair game. That's why it's called Free For All Friday. 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945, Either one of those numbers brings you to me. If you don't want to wait on hold, <clears throat> or if you just prefer to express yourself via uh, the printed word rather than the spoken one, you can also send messages to me by way of Twitter, Facebook, and Parler. Uh Each of those, uh, France Radio is my handle, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, France Radio. Is the handle. All right, we're going to dive into Mick Mulvaney's press conference yesterday. The president's chief of staff is being accused now of uh, confirming that there was a quid pro quo on the now infamous phone call between President Trump and uh, the uh, president of Ukraine, Zelensky. Mick Mulvaney said to the press yesterday, that yes, some funds were withheld, but that is not quid pro quo trying to bribe somebody into doing something for us, especially, especially something pertaining to, um, a, an opposing political candidate. It is essentially the nature of doing international business. International deals are struck. Uh, in many different ways, including you want something from us, we want something from you. That does not mean anything untoward was but happening. But
3: Kenny said yesterday that he was really upset with the political influence in foreign policy. That was one of the reasons he was so upset about this. And I have news for everybody. Get over it. There's going to be political influence in foreign policy. I'm talking to Mr. Carl. Uh, That is going to happen. Elections have consequences. And foreign policy is going to change from the Obama administration to the Trump administration. And what you're seeing now, I believe is a group of mostly career politi- uh, career bureaucrats who are saying, you know what, I don't like President Trump's politics, so I'm going to participate in this witch hunt that they're, that they're undertaking on the Hill.
2: Spot on. There's just no other way to characterize this as a witch hunt because what he said is spot on. This is how politics um, sometimes invades uh, policy. They don't like the president's politi- politics, so they are going to then attack his policy. And his policy is: we are going to do business with multiple nations, and we are going to ask them to do the right thing by us, including what? Let- let's- we do that all the time with foreign
3: policy. We were holding up money at the same time for uh, what was it? The Northern Triangle com- countries. We are holding up aid at the Northern Triangle countries so that they uh, so that they would change their policies on immigration.
2: We did that. We withheld aid to the Northern Triangle countries because we wanted them to do something that is right for us. And that is making sure that the uh, mass caravans, the massive caravans and the massive people uh, who participated in them coming north through Mexico to the United States would be stopped before they ever got started. That's what we wanted them to do. We did the same thing with Mexico. You need to strike a. Well, we we need to strike a deal with you, and you need to find a way to keep them on your side of the border before they cross into ours, or we are cutting off. Um, uh, in fact, not just cutting off aid. What we said was is we would uh, uh, add new tariffs on the Mexican goods coming into the United States. And what did we get? We got Mexico to agree to a policy that says if. Um, migrants coming from the central of the central american countries through mexico to the united states apply for and ask for um asylum in mexico that the mexican government would accept them that they have to ask in mexico first before they come to you know basically picking and choosing and deciding on the gold standard where they want to seek asylum that's not asylum that is seeking uh, opportunities for enrichment essentially because they feel like they can do better in the United States. But that's not what the asylum laws are like. So we told Mexico, President Trump, let me rephrase. President Trump told Mexico, we will slap tariffs on you. We will withhold economic growth for you in multiple ways if you don't do the right thing here. That is the way international business is done. And that is the way that international diplomacy and deals are struck as well. So when President Trump told uh, uh, Zelensky that he wanted to get to the bottom of the Ukraine story, you know, uh, or excuse me, specifically the 2016 um, meddling in the American election story and wanted to know what Ukraine's role might have been in this, not just Russia's role, it was absolutely fair for him to say, or well, let me rephrase. It was absolutely fair for him to withhold aid to Ukraine until we got an answer on that. But the most important part is is he didn't say it. He did not say it to President Zelensky. How do we know? Because the White House took the nearly unprecedented step of releasing the transcript of the phone call. And you can see that he never said such a thing, not even close to it. Asking Ukraine for what Ukraine's role was in the meddling in 2016 is absolutely appropriate. Asking them to root out corruption in their own government is absolutely appropriate. And especially if any of the corruption in their government touches the United States government. And that, of course, is where the Bidens come in. Because Hunter sat on the Russian, or excuse me, the Ukrainian uh, uh, company Burisma Holdings. The energy company sat on their board while Joe Biden was the vice president of the United States. Instant access from the Ukrainian government to the American government. All of these things are absolutely appropriate to ask these questions. And President Trump did exactly that. We also know that he didn't pressure Zelensky with any threats of any kind, because in addition to the unprecedented step of releasing the transcripts, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, said he was not pressured. He didn't take for one second in his phone call with the president anything that the president said as a threat, as a strong-arm tactic, as a bribe, as blackmail, as anything he agrees with the president that it was a perfectly placed and uh, um, um, conducted phone call. And yet here we sit, once again. I got a headline in front of me. 54% based on all of this nonsense. 54% according to Pew, support impeachment proceedings. Now, it should also be pointed out that 54% want the House to conduct impeachment proceedings uh, correctly, lawfully. And that's something that Nancy Pelosi refuses to do. Nancy Pelosi, as you know, earlier this week, made it very clear. If I don't have to, by the Constitution, call for a vote to start this impeachment inquiry, I'm not going to, which is just about this side of insane because it violates the rules of precedent in in all American history. In every other impeachment inquiry or near impeachment inquiry, this was decided on by the House, so that all of the uh, investigations, depositions, testimony, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, could all be bipartisan, where both parties get an opportunity to examine this publicly, so that the people can see what's happening as their votes are, are potentially on the verge of being nullified, this is something that has always been done. But instead of doing it in a, in a bipartisan fashion, Nancy Pelosi continues to conduct the kangaroo court. Nancy Pelosi says, I don't have to do this by the Constitution, so I'm going to do it my way. And my way is, the other party doesn't get to participate, they don't get to call witnesses, they don't get to produce evidence, and moreover, the American people don't get to see anything that we, the majority, don't want them to see. We will present them with only the information that we think is valid.
0: The same Sherman said, uh, there's no requirement that we have a vote. And so we, at this time, we will not be having a vote. And I'm very pleased with the thoughtfulness of our caucus in terms of being supportive of the path uh, that we are on in terms of fairness, in terms of seeking the truth.
2: You notice how she didn't even bother to say transparency? Oftentimes, when politicians speak of such things, they'll use the words uh, word uh, transparency after fairness. Fairness and transparency. We're seeking those things. She didn't even say it because she knows she couldn't say it because she knows it's not true. There is nothing transparent. It is absolutely being cloaked, what they are doing, in secrecy, in a broom closet, in the basement of the Capitol building where nobody has access. And the only thing you get to see that comes out of that dark room is the cherry-picked information that they want you to see that will all uh, make President Trump look bad. And that's why you have a Pew Research poll that says 54% support impeachment proceedings. How can people think anything else? Nothing that is being leaked out of uh, that uh, uh, room in the basement of the Capitol building, nothing that is being leaked is positive for the president. Nothing exposes this witch hunt for what it is. Nothing. That's why they're doing it in the basement. That's why they are only letting you hear what they want you to hear. If you conduct business this way, honestly, you could convince anybody of anything. You could string together words and sentences that absolutely don't belong together because without people being actually able to hear the uh, uh, the uh, testimony themselves, it uh, could be completely out of context. If you wanted to, you could pick and choose various phrases and words and statements of different people and put them together and make them say something absolutely upside down from what they really said because you just left out a whole bunch of the other words. And that's what they are doing. All right so Mick Mulvaney correctly uh, going off about this process Mick Mulvaney defending himself and we'll talk more about that on the quote unquote admission that he, there was quid pro quo in this uh, in this um, Ukrainian deal the president rallied in Dallas night he had a lot to say we're going to play you some of that as well and of course as I mentioned I invite you to join us it's free for all Friday two one six nine zero one zero nine four five right back on the authority 925, now the Bob France Authority, continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. Phone lines are open to you at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five and 888 It's free for all Friday for virtually the entire show, with the exception of a conversation I will have with the sage of South Central, Larry Elder, coming up at about 1010 this morning. We'll go to the phones now and get started with Floyd in Cleveland. Floyd, good to talk to you on AM 1420, The Answer. How are you? Good, sir. I think Floyd just picked up his phone and disconnected himself. Floyd, get back on the line, my man. James and Lorraine will fill the void left by Floyd. See what I did there? Uh, Hi, James. Go ahead.
0: It is great. Good morning, Bob. Yes, sir. Nice to talk to you again.
2: Yes, sir, Um, as always.
0: I I think we uh, have an uh, ally in Mick Mulvaney, and President Trump can count on him. Uh, I'm currently reading a book named The Deep State by... um, Representative, or former representative um, Chavez from Utah, uh-huh.
2: and um, oh, Jason Chaffetz, you mean? I yeah. think he, I think he's a truth teller. Also, he That's is what? indeed. He is indeed. Yeah, I was really sad to lose him in the House, uh, but he does great work. Uh, you know, in in terms of his uh, public career as a contributor on Fox News, as a pundit, uh, as an, as a, uh, mm-hmm. a congressional analyst, he does a great work.
0: Great. Yes. Well. The, uh, deep state is alive and well, and, and more people need to do some research and, and, uh, find out more about, uh, Representative Chaffetz. And he's Chaffetz. Chaffetz. Uh,
2: Chaffetz. Come on. Work with me, James. Chaffetz. Work with me. I've corrected it twice <laughs> for you now. Jason I'm not sure.
0: I'm Okay. I'm working on the pronunciation. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's what I wanted to talk about. Well, well, you know, I mean, I, I don't think it's, I don't think
2: it's a question anymore, James. I don't think there's a ton of research that needs to be done to prove that there is a deep state working. There, as a matter of fact, and thanks for the call. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we could do this in, in a very different way. When you have the left admitting, there's a new book, uh, that, uh, by, by an avowed leftist media member, uh, whose name escapes me now, but I talked about this earlier in the week. Um, whose uh, new book admits that there is a deep state. Yes, there is a deep state that was working behind the scenes to get Donald Trump removed from office from the very moment that he was uh, elected, and maybe even from the moment that he got the nomination from the Republican Party. And the, the caveat here is that this leftist admits that there is a deep state, but says, thank God, because he's a leftist, he's glad, saying these deep staters from within the government, holdovers from the Obama government, um, uh, individuals in the FBI, in the CIA, and the J- Justice Department, and others, of course, who don't change over from administration to administration because they're not supposed to be political. Justice Department is non political. Uh, uh intelligence agencies are not political that's why they always stay over unless the president chooses to get somebody else in charge but especially uh leadership in uh various positions of leadership in those agencies um and of course rank and file don't change over because they are non political positions within the federal government and what they are admitting now, the left is admitting that, yeah, it has been politicized. Of course, we know the FBI was politicized. We know that the CIA was politicized because of the leadership, uh, Comey and the FBI and Brennan at, at CIA. And we know that that did leak down into some of the higher ranking members of those agencies. And guess what? The, the left is saying, yep, and they were working to subvert Donald Trump. Thank God, because they're patriots. So they're they're bragging about it. Being, you know, the deep state existing uh, because they think it's a great thing because you have to try to stop Donald Trump, save America from orange man bad. That's what they were doing. But the bottom line here is that is not for them to decide. They're supposed to be apolitical. They're supposed to just do the job that they were or that they are hired and paid to do. On behalf of the United States, not on behalf of a party or a candidate. And they did do the exact opposite on behalf of the Democrat Party and on behalf of a candidate, Hillary Clinton. And they are still working on it now, three years after the election. They are still working as a deep state now. And that's so I don't think there's any real, you know, um, research that needs to be done here, other than if you want to read that book and read the admissions. And I'll get the name of the author in a moment. Like I said, I just can't do it on the fly. Because um, we talked about it a little bit earlier this week. Uh, But that's the bottom line here is, yes, there is a deep state. They know it. They acknowledge it. It is proven almost every single day. And this, and that's why we are sitting here right now. Let me put it to you another way. Why do you think that the biggest story of the summer in an attempt to remove Donald Trump from power was trying to uh, uh, prove that he was breaking the law by unconstitutionally holding people in squalid conditions at the border? That was the allegation. Now, mind you, they're not squalid conditions. The conditions that do exist are because of the massive overcrowding. And the massive overcrowding is because of Democrats in Congress refusal to change the asylum laws. So they continue to dangle that carrot on this side of the border uh, that is going to be chased by people on the other side of the border and the other side of the other border down in the Central American countries. That was the biggest story. This is why Trump has to go. It's been nothing but we have to find a reason Trump has to go since November of 2016. And suddenly we get this phone call now, and it's, forget about the kids in the cages at the border. Here, we got a new reason Trump has to go. And all of it is is as manufactured and phony as the story before. All of it. And guess what? Take a look at the response of the American people. Take a look at the rallies. Take a look at 50,000 people coming to see President Trump in Dallas, Texas, which, by the way, is a, uh, it's not exactly Austin, but it's not exactly conservative either, uh, the way other areas of Texas are. Dallas has a very strong liberal bent to it. And did you see 50,000-plus came out to see him, 21,000 inside, uh, 30,000 outside. Same thing in deep blue Minnesota. The people are not buying it. The people are rallying in defense of the president and in defense of the presidency. Back after the news. 36 now, the Bob Authority continuing on AM on 1420, The Answer. Thanks for being with us. Larry Elder, The Sage, comes up in about a half an hour, so make sure you are tuned in for that. Between now and then... Fill up the phone lines if you wish. If you uh, would rather sit back and listen, that's okay, because I always have plenty to say. But if you want to speak, I am more than willing to listen. 216-901-0945 on a free-for-all Friday, or 888-281-1110. Floyd called back after disconnecting himself. Uh, we got you now. Floyd, go right ahead.
1: Hey, hey, Bob. How's it going?
2: Good, my man. What's on your mind?
1: Oh, yeah. I just I just don't see much wrong with what Nick Malvaney said. I don't see much wrong with it, really. I think uh, Republicans need that, but... Need to stop, uh, you know, uh, p- apologizing. Um, what's it? Adam Schiff uh, made the statement. You don't hear anything about it. They can misspeak or whatever. You never hear anything about it. But let a Republican say one little word wrong, and it's like the end of the world.
2: Well, here's the thing, though, Floyd. He didn't say anything wrong. He, he yeah, literally did agree. not say I anything agree. wrong. He acknowledged. I agree. I agree with you 100. He, he acknowledged that the president wanted. Two things. He wants Ukraine to investigate the corruption or the alleged meddling uh, by the uh, 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 Russians into the 2016 election. Now, remember, he was accused of being collu- uh, collusionary with the Russians, colluding with them. Exactly. And the president is saying, this isn't just Russia. First of all, we didn't collude. Second of all, it's not just Russia, because there is a lot of intel that suggests that Ukraine had a heavy hand in this. So why don't you look into that for us? On the subject of corruption, uh, is your government engaging... Uh, in uh, other corrupt activities with respect to money laundering, because we have many reports of companies like Burisma Holdings um, and their uh, and, and their board and their leadership uh, engaging in illegal activities. And if we're sending them, now he didn't say this to them, if we're sending you aid, we want to make sure that everything is on the up and up. But the po- important point here is, all of that is fair game to ask a foreign leader, especially if you do not say, hey, we're not going to hold out, or uh, excuse me, we're not going to uh, come forth uh, with the aid that we promised you, uh, unless we know things are on the up and up. And the number two, he said, we want the rest of Europe to be a part of this as well. You deserve protection from your enemies, particularly Vladimir Putin and the Russians. That's what we have provided you. And guess what? The rest of the, especially the Eastern European countries, ought to be assisting you as well. And we're not just going to be the ones that, you know, come up with all of the funding for everything that everybody else needs. You know, there is a strategic... Um, Advantage for other European nations to uh, to make sure there is a strong defense of Ukraine as well Asking those questions or those requests of a foreign leader like Zelensky in that nation are absolutely 100% above board and moreover The fact that the president of Ukraine didn't feel any pressure his words in multiple statements to the press to do anything uh, uh, you know, at the risk of getting aid or anything of that nature, proves that it did not happen. This is fabricated in the fantasies, the dreams, if you will, I won't describe what kind of dreams, of the leftist media and of Nancy Pelosi, uh, the Democrats in the House, the DNC, who have been searching for a reason to impeach since he beat Hillary Clinton. And that's the bottom line here. This has gone on since November, actually before November, before the actual election, back in 2016. Go ahead, Floyd. Yeah,
1: I also listen, Bob. Even uh, sometime on your station, we give the headline has always planted where there's always doubt against the president, and and the and the uh, Democrats are always right. Is always planted that way, even though well, you understand what I'm saying.
2: Well, of course I do. We see it on a daily basis. This, and, 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 and I've talked about it. I'll bring it to the airwaves, uh, on a regular basis too, because this is the problem with news today. The, the left leaning headline will, will spew, you know, will skew rather, um, a story one direction, knowing that the people only read the headlines or will skim the first paragraph or two. They will then provide context and clear up what you know? They slanted to look as being uh, uh, damaging to the per, to the president or damaging damaging to the Republicans in the third or fourth or fifth or sixth or at the bottom of the column or at the bottom of the article. Knowing people aren't reading that far. I and thanks for the call, Floyd. I, I could go and do an entire show in the media again. I don't want to, but I will again just point out why the. Um, poll that I told you at the beginning of the show is there. Pew Research shows 54% now want to have an impeachment inquiry. Um, how can people not want that? When every headline in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the uh, Chicago Tribune, the San Francisco Chronicle, the LA Times, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, all of these left-leaning newspapers, as well as obviously all of the broadcast networks talking about ABC, NBC, CBS, and the cable networks, MSNBC, Fox, CNBC, and so on, or not Fox, uh, CNN, CNBC, and so forth. Fox is at least uh, you know giving the president a fair shot, even though they are kind of, as he said, a far cry from what they used to be. But nonetheless, it's the only chance you have of getting the other side of the story. But all of these entities give you the lead. It'll be the lead of the newscast. It'll be the headline of the newspaper, right? The headline of the online uh, uh, newspaper or op-ed. And it'll make the president look horrible. The first few lines will say, this was said, especially when they get it leaked out of the basement of the Capitol building where all of these ridiculous uh, cloak-and-dagger meetings are being held by the uh, uh, by the Democrats. So they're going to give all of those. And then if they bother to give the other side of the story at all, it's buried, Within the context of a long, um, you know, missive in the newscast or in the, uh, in the article that people are forced to read. But in today's fast food society where we want everything now, including the news, we want it quick and fast and, and as easy to digest as possible. That's what we are. People aren't reading the rest of it. They're going to read the first, they're going to they're going to read the headline, they're going to read the first paragraph or two. They may skim real quick for keywords in the article from there on, but they're not reading at all. I know because I'm guilty of it sometimes. But because I do what I do for a living, I make a point of reading as much as humanly possible on these things so that I can point out examples that I'm talking about, and I can also point out the flip side. I will take the time to give you the context. I will take the time to give you the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. Here's exactly what we're talking about. This is Mick Mulvaney at the White House at a press conference yesterday that uh, the uh, left is going apoplectic about now as it pertains to the impeachment uh, um Inquiry, if we can even call it that. I I can't really call it that fairly because until there's a vote on it, it's not an impeachment inquiry. It's just a wild uh, kangaroo court. But uh, here's
3: that time before when when we we cut the money off before the money actually flowed because the money flowed by the end of the fiscal year. uh, We actually did an analysis of what other countries were doing uh, in terms of supporting Ukraine. What we found out was that, and I can't remember if it's zero or near zero, dollars from any European countries for lethal aid. You've heard the president say this—that we give them tanks, and the other countries give them pillows. Um, that's absolutely right. That the, the is as as vocal as the Europeans are about supporting Ukraine.
2: Um, they are really, really stingy when it comes to lethal aid. Uh, that, this is extraordinarily important for you to hear. Nobody talks about this. This is one of the reasons aid was delayed to Ukraine. Had nothing to do with Hunter Biden. Nothing to do with Joe Biden, nothing to do with Burisma, nothing to do with any of this. It's that, hey, we can't be the only benefactor to Ukraine. We cannot be providing all of the funding of Ukrainians' defense forces. The the other Europe here, the European nations need to aid uh, and assist here as well. That's an extraordinarily important part of this. And they weren't helping Ukraine, and that still to this day are not.
3: And the president did not like that. I know it was a long answer to your question, but I'm still going. So um, that was, those were the driving factors. Did he also mention to me in the past the, 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 the corruption related to the DNC server? Absolutely. No question about that. Um, but that's it. And that's why we held up the money. Now, there was a so report. The, so, so, so the demand for an investigation into the Democrats was part of the reason that he. It was on the- to withhold funding to Ukraine. The the look back to what happened in two thousand sixteen certainly was, was part of the thing that he was worried about in corruption with that nation. And that the is funding, absolutely appropriate. The
2: Did you hear that? Now the, the 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 reporter is changing the story even as Mick Mulvaney is speaking. Mick Mulvaney explained why funding was delayed. Talked about the Europeans not participating and how much that upset the president because he said we shouldn't be sending all this money if the Europeans aren't even doing anything. This is ridiculous. That's number one. And then number two, he said, talking about the DNC server. What was Ukraine's role in the hacking of the DNC server that, of course, as we know, led to data being given to WikiLeaks, which WikiLeaks published, which uh, was embarrassing to the Democrats? Now, I also never let this opportunity go, to go by without reminding everybody it mattered Not, because three years later, I'm still waiting for one American voter to say that they were voting for Hillary Clinton until they saw what WikiLeaks published, (laughs) information that was was gleaned from the Democrat server. Uh, and, And boy, when I saw that, that made me go for Trump or made me not vote at all. No one has made that claim. It didn't change a single vote, so just point that out. But we do know that from an optics perspective, yes, we cannot have foreign countries um, trying to sway the, the will or change the minds of the American voters in any way, shape, or form. And the president now is saying, for three years, we've dealt with Russia being the only culprit here, but we do have intel that says Ukraine may have played a role in this as well. Ukraine may have been the ones that hacked the DNC servers. Maybe in collaboration with Russia. We need to get to the bottom of that. And if we need to get to the bottom of that before any aid is delivered, so be it. But number one, the aid was never discussed on the phone call. The transcripts lay that bare. That's the one thing that you can say... When you, if you're, if you're trying to be an independent arbiter of this thing, is that at least the Republicans did the right thing here with transparency. Here's the call. You will see for yourself what was said and what was not said. The Democrats, by contrast, number one, sent Adam, Ch- uh, 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 shift to the podium to read a phony transcript, one that didn't exist, one that is leading to his censure in the House of Representatives, by the way and then led the Democrats to do the opposite of transparency, rather than holding a vote for an impeachment inquiry and then holding these, having these uh, depositions and this testimony that they are soliciting right now and sometimes subpoenaing, having it done publicly, they're doing it under the cloak of darkness in the basement of the Capitol building and then only cherry-picking information to be released or leaked, if you will. So that's the important part to understand here. And that's what uh, Mick Mulvaney uh, was was trying to point out. Mick Mulvaney said there was no quid pro quo. The aid was being withheld already. The uh, uh, Ukrainian president did not know it. It was not used as a cudgel. It was not used as some kind of a bargaining chip. It was not used in any way, shape, or form as a part of that phone call. So the quid pro quo did not happen. You want to know where quid pro quo did happen? The idea that someone would call...
0: A head of a foreign state ahead of time withhold significant military aid that's badly needed in order to prevent the Russian separatists who are in in Ukraine from taking over Ukraine, um, and uh, and then ask uh, basically to can you cooperate with uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani is coming over and uh, and uh, and I and the thing I learned we learned we all learned recently is that statement that. Uh, the 2,000-word statement released was that um, talked about getting the
2: Justice Department engaged in this. I mean, let's talk about getting, I don't know, the Vice President of the United States engaged in such a thing. It's the 12th,
0: 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk, that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out the press conference. said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, I'm "Leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of
1: a bitch, got fired.
2: That, my friends, is the definition of quid pro quo. The prosecutor that was investigating Burisma Holdings on money laundering, on corruption within the Ukrainian government and with the Ukrainian government, the prosecutor that could have taken that company down and thus exposed his son, Hunter Biden, had to go. And $1.2 billion was held up until that prosecutor was fired. That prosecutor was fired, the money flowed from the Obama administration, and it was carry-on. And you know what the media said about this? Nothing. Even when the quid pro quo was announced in that uh, commentary from braggadocious Joe at the Council on Foreign Relations. Nothing. They focus instead on a conversation in which no Aid was discussed in any way, shape, or form as the president asked the Ukrainian president to investigate the corruption in his own government, particularly as it pertained to A, the 2016 DNC server situation, and B, the uh, uh, corporations doing business with their government like Burisma Holdings. You notice the president didn't bring up the name Biden. President Zelensky did. We'll be right back. So, pivoting to this momentarily and hilariously, the uh, little uh, face-to-face meeting that the President had with a lot of his advisors, along with some of the Democrat and Republican leadership in the Congress, members of the House and the Senate, uh, discussing, um, uh, well, it doesn't even matter what they were discussing. Uh, but they were discussing specifically the Syria troop pullout. You know, the fifty to a thousand uh, remaining troops that we had in the region, of course, which has led now to the Turkey, um, the Turkish invasion. Update on that, of course, is theirs. there's been a deal struck, supposedly a diplomatic drill that, uh, deal that deal uh, that is leading to at least a temporary ceasefire between the Turks and the Kurds. But at any rate, this discussion that was held. Uh, between the president and uh, and his advisors and uh, a lot of the Democrat leadership devolved quickly. The Democrats accusing President Trump of having a meltdown by daring to call Nancy Pelosi a third-rate politician, and that depends on who you listen to. Some thought he said third-grade politician. Either way, pretty benign insult, considering all of the things that the Democrats have called Donald Trump, (laughs) including Hitler, fascist, uh, racist, <laughs> dictator, uh, et cetera, et cetera. He called her a third-rate politician again, according to the Democrats, and she got up and stormed out of the room. Well, there's a photo of her standing up and finger-wagging the president, presumably in the aftermath of that. President Trump tweeted that picture out yesterday. The picture said, Nervous Nancy's Unhinged Meltdown. Because the president's team says the president didn't have the meltdown. Nancy and Chuck did before they stormed out. So Nancy Pelosi takes that picture of her standing up and finger-wagging the president from across the table and makes it her cover photo for her Twitter feed, which is hilarious. It's being praised and lauded by people like David Lauder, um, who tweeted, this photo could be a Pelosi campaign poster. The sole woman in the room literally standing up to the president. Why he thinks this makes her look bad is a mystery. David Lauder is a Washington bureau chief of the aforementioned Los Angeles Times. You remember the papers that I listed before, right? So this is heroic. This woman standing up and finger-wagging the president before she stormed out of the room. And the funny part about this is the response, (laughs) the response from Governor Jan Brewer. Do you remember Arizona Governor Jan Brewer, who back in, I want to say, 2015, I think it was uh, 2015. It might have been 2016, the uh, year of the uh, last year of the uh, Obama presidency. But she met President Obama. Uh, on the tarmac as he arrived in Arizona for an event or from a, a meeting of some sort or another. And this, of course, is when we were at the height of, of uh, uh, I think it was a gun control issue as well as illegal immigration issue as Arizona's a border state. I can't remember what the dispute was. But he had said some things that really upset her. She met him, uh, at the airport, which is traditional. And she, there was that famous photograph of her standing there finger-wagging Barack Obama. Do you remember what the response was? Was it strong woman standing up to uh, overbearing male president? No, they criticized her, and as she tweeted in response to that Nancy Pelosi photo yesterday, she tweeted a picture of her finger-wagging Obama with this comment. The news media hails Speaker Pelosi as a hero for pointing her finger at POTUS Donald Trump. But when I stood up to at Barack Obama, I was vilified as rude and racist, such hypocrites. And she is exactly right. That is exactly what they said. They accused her of disrespecting Barack Obama because he was a black president and and she's a racist and she would never have done that to a white president. Obama was the victim. Nancy, or I mean, uh Jan Brewer, Governor Jan Brewer was the aggressor, the rude, disrespectful aggressor in that uh, confrontation. This is why we talk about the news media being an enemy of the people, because they're so dishonest, they're so disingenuous, they're so hypocritical. Jan Brewer is rude and racist for finger wagging uh, Barack Obama to make a very important point. Nancy Pelosi is the hero or heroine of the room, standing up and finger-wagging bad orange man um, before storming out and making a spectacle of herself before the news media. That is hilarious. 10 o'clock now, coming up, the great sage of South Central, Larry Elder, joins us to discuss this, the witch hunt, LeBron James and the NBA vis-a-vis China, and a few more things right here.